Hello and welcome back to the Moment of Truth podcast. This is the show where I invite you to take a moment to reflect and be proud of how far that we have come as individuals and as a community, but also honest about where we still have to go in our growth as supporters and protectors of Black trans power. Through personal testimony and honest conversation with community leaders, we will recognize the power we all have lurking within ourselves to not only impact our lives in a positive way, but also keep pushing Black trans power forward. Okay, I'm your host, Junior Mint, and let's get into this gig, okay? Because I am so excited to sit down and share with you not only the conversation that I had with our amazing guest, Mother Teresa, this week, but as well the amazing reflections that I've been able to have over this past week. Just because, you know, when you're kicking depression's ass and you're actually beginning to find the beautiful, beautiful positivity and life that is in life. It really just, it hits different, you know? <laughs> you know, when you out that depressive funk and you actually like food tastes better, you smoke less weed because you're not actually depressed or anxious all the time. It's like, it's all the weird things that I'm like, oh, I haven't felt this way in over a year. So I'm excited to share all of that with you. But before we get into that, you know how we have to start this off the same way we always do. We need to begin with our positive affirmations. Okay. So, if you're new to this, what we are going to do, we are going to repeat the phrases that I'm saying, but it's more than just repeating them. I need you to say these out loud. I need you to say them like you mean them. And if you don't believe the words, I need you to put on your motherfucking Viola Davis acting cap and emote so strongly that you all of a sudden begin to believe these things because... Even in my deepest bouts of depression, even when I do these affirmations, I don't necessarily always feel them, believe them immediately. But it really is through the repetition and taking it seriously that just the seeds are planted with the words because we all believe words are powerful. So let's use those words to empower ourselves and to allow ourselves to access pieces of ourselves that we can't really get access to unless we believe in ourselves. And so let's begin. Okay. So repeat after me. I am a bad bitch and I have the power to not only make positive change in my own life, but also in others' lives. I woke up today and that is a blessing because I am a blessing. I am a blessing to this world, to my loved ones, but most importantly to myself. I am deserving of love even when I don't think that I am, and I am deserving of happiness even when I don't think that I am. I am beautiful, and I have worth, and I won't let anyone, including myself, make me think differently. And so with that, we have just completed our 
positive affirmations. And if you need to run it back as many times as you need until you believe those words, because they are true. It's just a matter of you having to believe them because you are always a bad bitch, even when you don't think that you are. Just because you don't realize that something is a bird or a dog or a cat doesn't mean that it's not. It just means that you didn't realize what it is yet. And you just haven't realized the true beauty, the power, the majesty that's within you until you begin to believe it. Because If you don't believe in your beauty, why should anybody else? And so be the first person to plant the seed of truth in you, water it, treat it with love and watch it grow. And now we can get into our rose and our thorn of this week, because again, as per usual, we need to be processing this day. We need to be processing our weeks. We need to be processing our months because truly If you're not processing what is going on in your life, what is going on in the world, if you are not reflecting and understanding how these events and all of these moments in your life are actually affecting you and changing you and shifting the way you view the world, shifting the way you view yourself and shifting the way you value yourself. So it is so integral to everyone's growth that we keep processing what we are going through. And that means True, honest, and deep reflection. Not reflection that just stays on the surface. It needs to go deep. You need to get uncomfortable with this reflection because if you're not asking yourself uncomfortable questions about yourself, then you're not actually doing the heavy lifting and the work because if you're doing something that feels comfortable, it's comfortable because you've done it before. You don't know pieces of yourself that you haven't discovered until you ask questions you haven't asked before. And always those questions are going to make us uncomfortable. The moment that I began to question my gender and I started to ask myself, am I trans? Have I not realized that I was trans? The most uncomfortable question in the world, because not only did I place myself into a space of feeling like I don't even understand who I am, which makes you feel very uncomfortable because the one person you feel like you do know is yourself. And so that placed me in an uncomfortable place with that. But it also placed me in an uncomfortable position of, okay, well, if I'm trans and I haven't even realized it. It opens up a whole new chapter that I have to explore and it leaves you very uncomfortable. But the beautiful thing is uncomfortability is what builds life. Literally every single moment of comfortability you have in your life, there is a moment of uncomfortability waiting for you right after to teach you something, to help you grow because Every single day is going to be different and leave you with a new piece of information or something that should inform your world. And so end of rants about why we all need to be processing because, you know, I've been doing a lot of processing ever since coming back from my grandmother's funeral. And it's been just even more weight off of my shoulders because the more that I process, the more that I become comfortable with this uncomfortability of this next chapter in my life, it is the type of thing that only kind of makes me more excited. And so that has kind of been my rose for this week is actually, it's been just... It's been an interesting week waking up without anxiety. Like I realized for the first time in 10 years, waking up without anxiety. Like I was like, is this what it's like to actually be rested? To not like feel like I'm just consistently worried about someone's health or how somebody doing or someone okay. It was such a weight off of my chest. And I've just been actually so 
Yeah, it feels like the old Junior. And I know I touched on this in the last podcast episode, but it's just, it's even come deeper into fruition because I have literally not experienced the amount of creative excitement that I have been about projects, about ideas, about all of these different pieces of myself that have just been disinteresting to myself so like even getting into drag makeup some days felt like it was just a weight and it was only a job when like this was the thing that brought me so much joy so much relief and to have that joy and that relief again and to see the value in myself again is amazing and that is why it's my biggest rose because even down to um you'll hear us talk about this on the podcast episode but mother Teresa literally helped me to get medicaid because literally she was like just go here do this like do it like it's easy and she's the person who recommended exactly the site to go to and everything if anybody needs help with it it is health first like literally it will take 20 minutes i know i said literally like 15 times but it really was just so easy. I got Medicaid in exactly 25 minutes on the phone. Like it was just call up, person answers, ask you some questions about your income, which we all broke, all unemployed. So like it was easy. And so I recommend to anybody and I'm literally currently in the process of um, finding a primary care provider. And I'm like, this is a new thing. Lily never gone to a dentist before, never had health insurance, like what? And so that's amazing too. And me realizing that I wasn't getting the paperwork done because of anxiety, like all those simple things that could easily be done in 25, 30 minutes. I literally was just sabotaging myself for a lot of things that I needed. And honestly, it's one of those things that I'm really always going to carry with me that even when depression comes back and it hits again, because such is life, that's going to be one of those little nuggets I keep in the back of my mind and hold that wisdom very close that I still have the power to overcome a lot of things, even in depression. And Realizing my strength in all of my states has been another rose of this week. Truly sitting there and realizing that, okay, so we have learned from the last experience that we just had. And when this experience comes back, we know that we have the strength and the power to persevere through it stronger than we ever have before. And so I just, I feel empowered. I feel strong. I'm excited about life. I've been literally just... Everything has been so much easier and lighter and more fun. And uh, I hate to fucking reference RuPaul's Drag Race, but the inner saboteur in me was just jumping out. And I'm so just, yeah, things are good again. Mm, mm. When food tastes good, I made some mac and cheese recently. Like, life is a blessing. And I'm feeling that again. And so, yep, that's my roses. That's a whole bushel of roses. But I mean, for depression and a funeral and all those things, I'm like, life better motherfucking give me some roses this week. But (laughs) I am hoping that every single other person out there is getting some roses too this week. And if not, I am sending up love, energy and prayers for you. And I'm hoping that the roses come next week then. But either way, you know that we'll be here together to talk about it, to process it. Now... We do have to get into the thorn, which I'm still even like, while I'm talking, still trying to think of what a thorn would be. And I don't really have a thorn because it, in my opinion, for my depression, the moment I start to feel lighter and it feels like I'm coming out of this depression bout, it just 
nothing seems as bad. So comparatively, just being able to feel like you have the energy and the excitement to do things in life makes literally any inconvenience not that bad. Like, even with the blizzard that just happened and the snow coming down and everything, and like, I had to go out in the real cold before, go grocery shopping, all of that, get food, and then even run into the bodega, like, after the snow fell and everything, and it being freezing, like, even those little things were like, oh, the snow's a bit annoying. It's like, honestly, having the energy to go outside, go to the bodega comparatively to literally two three weeks ago where i would have felt like going to the bodega would have actually taken all of my energy for the day i wouldn't have felt like doing nothing else afterwards so yeah i think that all the same thorns that i've talked about before all the things in life for the world that's happening still thorny but i guess i'm just my eyesight is covered by roses right now so i can't even see the thorns and so i'm just yeah i'm very thankful i'm very happy and also i guess let me add another rose in there another rose is absolutely getting to have dinner with mother Teresa because in this interview you'll hear us reference having to record this podcast episode multiple times because the program that i use to record through webcam that gives you like high quality audio it for some reason has not had any issues with any of the interviews before but for some reason for mother Teresa's, it literally had all of my audio all hour and some change of that audio for me but for mother Teresa's, it was literally like nothing and so all i hear when i listen to it back is me cackling at jokes or asking questions and just silence so we had to record this again and we decided to end up having dinner and do it in person because she doesn't live too far away from me and so she had her mic we set up it was such a beautiful beautiful like uh getting to hang out getting to chat and on top of it it was like if you all had listened to that conversation, like the whole dinner could and the whole night could have honestly been like a whole podcast episode. So it was really amazing. And Mother Teresa and I have not gotten an actual chance to like hang out even before the pandemic. So it was just so nice. And on top of it, shout out to her amazing roommate and just an amazing fucking person, Yannick. Their roommate literally like angel beautiful stunning and on top of it like when i tell you is like the kindest soul just so much kindness that oozes out of them that you just feel it when you walk into a space you walk into a space and you just are enveloped by their kindness and so yeah shout out to yannick but i think bringing up mother Teresa is the perfect segue into this interview because you all are going to fall in love I'm really happy that I got to sit down with Mother Teresa and do this interview because it really, it hit home in a different way when we chatted in person as opposed through um, webcam because sitting there and getting to talk to her, it feels like she has lived so many lives while still at the same time, like being 25, 26. I am just so thankful to have got her story and as well the story of someone who I really, really respect. Like, Mother Teresa is someone who is a performer who will perform the house down. She will give you comedy, looks, everything that you're looking for. And on top of it, getting to hear her story, it makes me so happy that she is someone who is within my community. She is someone who as well produces such amazing work that uplifts so many amazing people within this community. It is 
an honor to talk to her. And on top of it, it's an honor to get to call her a friend because above all of her accomplishments, she is most importantly a lamb. She is in the lamely. She is in the fan base of the one and only Mariah Carey. So without further ado, let's get into this gigaroo, this gigarama, and let's welcome to this podcast the one, the only, Mother Teresa. This is now the 18th time. <laughs> and the best part about it is that the 18th time is the charm. And we're live! <laughs> well... I am honored to have you here, Mother Teresa, for the 13th time recording this. I am honored to be here for the 18th time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. When I tell you, I opened that audio file and I was pissed because it was literally just me responding to everything or like me talking. But it was just like we have because as well, when we recorded the last session, there was literally like three different snippets that got recorded because we got cut off because of my Wi-Fi and everything. And so literally, I had one small snippet, I had a second small snippet, and I was like, why do I have an hour and six minutes of me talking? But none of it... I was like, this is homophobic. That is insane. Honestly, it was the universe being like, you have to hang out with Mother Teresa again. Literally. <sighs> but, I mean, since then, we've like... I feel like I've seen you like multiple times since then. I enjoy seeing you. I also really love our like group chat situation <sighs> where we just talk about like trans healthcare. That's honest. <laughs> it's the whole chat. That's all we talk about the entire time. <laughs> it's like it's every if chat. there's any like trans healthcare like topic <laughs> of conversation, like it's thrown in that group chat. Yeah, and I I am so gagged at the fact that you're the reason I have Medicaid right now. <laughs> I am also gagged that that is that I'm the reason. Healthfirst.com. It's a <laughs> literally 20 minutes. Are they really a dot com though? Uh, they are a dot com. I, well, I think so. Google Health First. <laughs> if you live in New York, at least. I'm sorry if you don't live in New York. I don't know what insurance is like anywhere else, but it's a mess everywhere, but it's a little bit less of a mess in I'm New dying. York. That's awesome though. I'm glad that you were able to get on it. You're uh, actually the first per the the second person that I'm putting on because the ooh. first person is someone who works at the gym that I work at and she always spills tea with me and um she had some medical issues that she needs to take care of and I was Word. like, Do you have insurance? And she's like, No. And then I literally pulled up Health first website on the Blink Fitness yes, computers. That's called. I was like, "All right, here we go. We're signing you up. <laughs> You're getting a phone call tomorrow. Like, don't fuck this up. You're gonna get free healthcare. Like, your options are <laughs> gonna be a little up. weird. I promise oh, you. I'm like, gonna... you're gonna be in a very weird dentist at some point. But you know what? You're gonna do it, that babe. Part. You're a rock star. That part. <laughs> I'm most excited about the dentist because I've never, I've never seen a dentist before. Oh, so, mama! I need them to take a look at these chompers because I'm dying. I know I grind my teeth at night because life is stressful and it makes me grind my teeth. And so, I am like really excited about getting a mouth guard. I'm like I've never been so excited for a mouth accessory before. Well, except a partner, you know. I like to call all of my partners mouth, mouth accessories, accessories because you know my mouth accessory. Let's talk oh. about you, Mother Teresa. <laughs> Okay. How are you doing? I am great. I um, had a very productive day. What was productive about it? I got tested with Brenda and Lissa Noir for COVID. We love. 
Are you serious? Yeah, actually. You got to see the Brenda? I got to see the Brenda. When I think about Brenda, she just makes me so happy. When I think about Brenda, I think about having a kombucha in one hand, an iced oat milk latte in the other hand, yes, and a literal gallon of water in my purse. <gasps> Really? A she whole gallon? She just always has so many liquids on her. And anytime <laughs> I think about her, I think about her, like, aesthetically. And I view her, honestly, as, like, someone who just carries around, like, a copious amount of liquids. Like, at all, at all times. She is just brimming with liquids, you Yes. Think? And she's also that bitch to be like, ugh, I'm sorry, I have to pee again. <laughs> like, has, like, wants to carry around all these liquids, but then, like, insists on having the smallest bladder. Like, no, that- I'm like... Can That's we? actually Brenda. From every, I can. It's so funny. The moment you said it was the moment that I realized it because I was like, every single experience with her, I specifically remember her at some point being like, "I'm sorry, I just have to find a bathroom right now." Because yep. you'll be out walking. Oh my god, it just makes me sad because I'm thinking about out walking with her, but that was before quarantine. So I'm like, God damn. I just want to go on a walk with uh, Brenda again. Honestly, I kind of live for it because it brings me back to, like, just, like, my hometown, like, being back in, like, Boca Raton, like... Pr- I like, love how that was a, such predominantly, a... Predominantly, like, very much, like, Jewish grandmas who, like, get cold really easily and, like, have to pee, like, every five minutes. Like, <laughs> that's honestly the, like, Boca Raton vibe. I mean, really? that and, like, wanting to, like, egg Ariana Grande's house, but... What do you do for entertainment? Because in my head, there's so many old people that I'm like, are there like clubs? I'm dying. Okay, so there are. There's like, I mean, Florida Atlantic University is in Boca Raton. And like, so there is like this like quote unquote college town, but it's heinous. Like, <laughs> like the worst kinds of people, like obviously mostly all straight, cisgendered, like white people who are just Yikes. like wearing just they, it's just like Jersey, the cast of Jersey Shore, essentially. Like Ooh. that's what the vibe was, um, which Yikes. is great. I mean, I would go out sometimes with my like straight ish friends, like queer adjacent, like we're all dancers, like we're all faggots. Um, mm-hmm. and so we would go out to like those gigs, mm-hmm. um, which was like really interesting. That was like my intro to nightlife, honestly. And really? I really, I, I didn't like go to drag shows. Like that wasn't like really a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started to venture out, like, out of Boca Raton, late, the, like, older I got, obviously. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we went to Fort Lauderdale. We got our, like, Wilton Manners <laughs> jush. Like, oh, my god! We, like, waved hi to, like, a few, like, silver daddy bears that we, like, may or may not have <laughs> fucked via Growler. Oh, my god! Like, yes, I drove 20 Growler. minutes, like, on some highway to, like, literally penetrate you on your, like literally leather fucking one seater. I don't even know. I so, so but then from there, like I started venturing out into Miami, which was like an hour drive from where I was. So I was like going to the gigs. Like when I actually ended up doing gigs in mm-hmm. Miami, I would literally like be my face, grab a four loco, drink the four loco on the way to the gig, the whole like speeding down I 95 with one, a four loco in one hand and my, 
hand and the wheel in my hand essentially and i honestly i don't condone that and i don't suggest anyone does that i actually have a tattoo to remind me specifically not to drink and drive because it's the name of my car that i hydroplaned in um and not hydroplane not hydroplane in platforms in a mesh dress with red stiletto nails and a middle part why does this sound like the next challenge on Drag Race? <laughs> I literally, when I tell you the cops did not come for like two hours, I sobered up by then, obviously, because yes, I was drinking. And I, um, the cops lessons? showed up and I was just like, what the fuck? Like, we've been sitting here like for two whole hours. It was like 6 a.m. at this point. And the cop, all she had to say, thank God it was a woman, by the way. All she had to say was, baby, I love your nails. <gasps> And I was like, I'm not getting a ticket tonight. Do you know who I saw in my head saying it to you? Who? Did you watch Reno 911? Yes. Rainisha? Stop. That's all I just imagined was Rainisha coming Stop. up. Stop. Baby. Okay. Can I just, okay. We just need to have a quick tangent about the fact that one, <laughs> Nisi Nash's happiness is my happiness. And I physically get emotional. <laughs> At her finding her happiness with that beautiful woman and her having her happiness because on top of it, I was like, I would fuck both of you. Wait, isn't she also the host of Clean House? Who wants a clean house? I have so many questions. I grew up on that show. Aren't we all borderline hoarders for a moment? (laughs) Speak for yourself. Oh, mama. <laughs> okay. I'm we, ready to throw up my belongings at any given moment. I'm like, mama, we can, do, do we want to step into your room right now and see uh, if you have Marie kondo mama? Have you Marie kondo I don't know what that means. <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> my favorite thing in the world is when people don't know about Netflix things. Because I'm like, that is my favorite. Like, I'm so indoctrinated in Netflix. When Netflix drops a thing, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to click on it. But when it comes to Netflix... I always think I'm wasting my time on here, but when will they get porn? How would you watch Netflix if it had porn? Mm, it depends what that entails. Like, what kind of porn am I? Am I stuck watching like two white muscle like Sean Cody gays like fucking, or do I have the option for like you know maybe amateur, maybe like you know a chub like fucking like some like you know preferably like. Not a white cis male. <laughs> oh, the most boring of the porn. Can we like what? What are we? What are we giving? Are we giving queer porn? I haven't seen that. I would. I've I, seen it once on Twitter, but does that count? It wasn't like a production. Like I want to see like a Sean Cody, but it's like they them's. You know what <gasps> I mean? Give them the production value. Where are the ladies? Mo- I want to see the ladies getting down and dirty. <laughs> like I'm like I'm not even please. I'm not even kidding. I think that's going to be the promo for this episode. Just you saying, I want to get, I want to <laughs> see the ladies getting down and dirty. Cause I'm just truly, saying. truly. I've yet to see porn that is from the perspective of a trans person. Do you make porn? Um, define make porn. I guess mm, that's a good question. I guess it's, Oh, okay. I have a very good definition, I think. Do you record your sex work? Mmm. Uh, no. Mm. Yeah, honestly, no. I mean, I have, like, some videos, but honestly, I'm really not trying... I mean, it's not that 
I like I'm very much tempted to upload videos. Don't get me wrong. There's mm-hmm. like this like thing of like exposing yourself as like, you know, a mm-hmm. raunchy, dumb sex idiot. Yes. Um but at the same time I'm mm. like, we're we're gonna hold back on that for a second because I really don't know what's in my cards and real. I just yeah. What, what are you seeing in your cards right now? What's in my cards? Um uh just some work. You know, I'm just like putting in some work. I'm just, you know, paying the bills right I'm now. just like putting in some work. <laughs> <laughs> okay, barely. Okay. I don't know. I what's in my cards? Honestly, just working and collaborating with as many queer people as possible and like st- still cultivating my community in the best way, shape and form. While, like, also just having fun and not trying to overanalyze everything. Were you at the same space as that at the beginning of the pandemic? Or is that a post-pandemic? Like, attitude? Um, I think my sense of community has definitely strengthened, obviously, like, Mm post-pandemic. But I think even before that, I mean... You know, in our other 13 interviews that we (laughs) podcast recordings that we did, um, I said in it, I believe (laughs) that there are two types of queens. There is a bitch who's in it for the community and there's a bitch who's in it for the fame. And I really don't think I mean, there might be obviously some like subcategories of different queens Mm -hmm. and performers, et cetera, et cetera. But like realistically, like that is that and i think even before the pandemic i was still very much like thinking in terms of the community and not really like you know what i mean i mean don't get me wrong i need coin and like fully we're gonna get the gig but like also like i'm booking the girls like i don't know what you thought this was like like, (laughs) the lineup is not gonna be a (laughs) cock fest and i can tell you that one that part that part (laughs) yeah it's an interesting balance between getting your coin while also making sure that your like art and your like all of my creations are impacting people in a positive way. So oftentimes spaces that are requiring you giving you enough coin to like actually really impact your life are the places that really try to regiment what you're actually doing, right. who you're booking. And you're one of those people who every single time I see a cast lineup or I see a show produced or I see an event produced. It's always something where I know that I can see myself represented in it. And it's something that I always think is it when it impacts me the most is usually when it's the most authentic. Like usually you can read when it's inauthentic and that it's somebody who's like using a black or a brown body or a trans body for just some coin. Mm -hmm. And it always is so like so genuine. So genuine and so what, so in, oh that's a great word so intentional as well because there's something to be said for someone who has not only the motivation but the intention to do good because what you create with the spaces that you create are spaces that I as a black trans person learn so much when I go into the spaces because there's so many varieties of people that I didn't ever get the chance to be in community with and in fellowship with mm. that's my old black Baptist roots. They always call it in fellowship with people. And I love that. Like, we are in fellowship right now in this conversation. Love. Mm. And so you've introduced me to so many different corners of not only the drag community, but the queer community that I haven't, 
that I'm just not a part of that like I would never see unless someone is truly presenting their community and is truly giving it something of reverence that I can actually connect to because there's been plenty of spaces where like the producer may even be a trans person or a black person but I go in and the people who are booked for it are cis white girls from Manhattan who like I don't need to hear another Ariana Grande break free number where I'm not seeing somebody getting douche. I'll never forget some moments where like in the Brooklyn scene with like community members who like would not get a platform just simply because they're being who they are. And you're like, bitch, I saw somebody douche into a kitty litter box in Brooklyn. Yes. Like these are the things that I'm like, and I sit there gagged. Then had to go to the ATM to get out cash because I was like, this bitch needs more money. <laughs> yeah, Shanita Bump. No. Of course, Shanita Bump in a cat suit no, no, dressed no, no, as no. Catwoman, of course. Into the litter box. Douched into the litter into box. Into the litter box. It was iconic moments. And it's. I think that's my favorite Shanita Bump moment. Because that was the moment where I was literally like, you know. <sighs> I miss them. They also, at Whole Picks, literally like stirred cereal on their butt that's iconic that month was called scary mary and wasn't she dressed as a nun too i believe so there was a lot of looks happening do you have a favorite whole picks moment oh um well i actually honestly the first one was kind of iconic because i was holding on to this like idea of a show for a very long time mm-hmm. Um, and it actually wasn't until um, the show with Pinwheel was in it. It was mostly Pinwheel's production. God Complex was in it. Mm-hmm. Unforgettable um, something carnivore. I'm literally blanking. If they're listening to this, I'm literally so sorry. They're, the format of their show was so We smoked so weed, good. so like, we could be... Oh, I we know, be, I can't. That's it's the we, dark horse. <laughs> it's the dark... It's the wine and the weed, bitch. So they... It, the show was just very experimental. Mm-hmm. There was literally, like... The crowd was obviously just, like, small and intimate, but it was, like, it made it. It the show. Like, the mm-hmm. show was great. So um, I really enjoyed their format, and I basically, like, kind of was inspired by them, and that's kind of how the format of Whole Picks went. Because instead of like inter, instead of like introducing one by one and having separate numbers, um, I basically was like, we're gonna have like a choreographed group number. Mm-hmm. We're gonna go on with like little segments from each performer and yes. larger numbers from each number, and it's just gonna be a one gradual production. And mm-hmm. I think that that was like unique for Brooklyn because no one really was like giving like production tease even though yes. even though like you know it was yannick my roommate with a flashlight like <laughs> projecting <laughs> onto us and like the lights at the in the bar like i don't even think we're on at that point like yeah. oh wow so, but That's... i don't know it was the first one was like really magical because it was actually for my birthday and i split it with robin wood because robin wood and i have the same oh, birthday robin. hilarious so um and then i don't know i think mm-hmm trying to think i think i liked the halloween one to be honest what? i like really can't i don't know i would have to like look at all of them to be honest there's a lot of whole picks like moments to pick from is the thing we almost hit an entire year see that uh, it, this quarantine sucks so deeply it really fully Truly. put like a full stop on things which is the most annoying thing to like and yeah. then we just started to do like online but that was like a little weird with instagram also my phone Ugh. my phone connection everyone kept commenting specifically Koontz from miami was like 
are you streaming this from a tuna can? And like my connection was oh, so my. bad on Instagram Live, it was so embarrassing. Say, like I was in the exact same boat. Like I had the <laughs> iPhone seven at the time, and so it was like one of those things where it was every five seconds in the live, it would drop the fuck out. Oh no! Speaking it, of whole picks, speaking of whole picks, whole picks is one of those shows that when I think about it as a show, it is one that like. I don't know how much time or energy goes into it. Like, you know what I mean? It's the type of thing where I'm like, did y'all have five rehearsals before? Like, like in your head, you don't know. Like, you're like, the girls, like, know their entrances, know their exits. The girls are like, oh, we, we like, know what's happening next. And literally, it shows where there's a physical set list with exactly what's happening, but you still don't know what's going on. I'm dying. So I'm like... What is the process of even putting together a whole picks? Because I'm like, do you just rehearse before everyone gets there? Or is there like, okay, we're setting out like four rehearsal dates? Uh, there's only one rehearsal. Only one? There's only one. I'm like, if we if something goes wrong, then we're just going to turn it out. Like, it's not really, it shouldn't be overthinked. I mean, also like the way the budget was set out, especially like when I was producing the show at the vault, like I really was already asking a lot from these performers to show up like willingly to a rehearsal (laughs) and like it was in my friend's like really bougie gentrified like apartment building (laughs) complex that has like a yoga room in the bottom of it you know so we were going there and it had speakers and the setup was like really convenient for everyone basically so um, that's where I was like holding most of the rehearsals but honestly yeah we do one rehearsal I make sure like everyone has their music like prior and that everyone's like cool with the date and the time for the rehearsal Mm -hmm. and um i like also kind of like help uh and inspire people for their performance ideas or like because i do a thing where it's like i'll get give me a solo and an interlude an interlude basically is like something that's thrown in between someone else's two solos so i did that essentially to like change up the crowd's like attention because our show was like at night, obviously, and like mm-hmm. most people were drunk. And <laughs> at the end of the day, I would rather see a chaotic show um, than like, you know, just like a casual, like low energy show. So that's why I kind of like made sure oh. that like the entire time the energy was constantly changing within seconds because it was just like funny to have like, I mean, you know, like the vault was really weirdly shaped. So we would be like on the main stage and then five seconds later, someone would pop up on the stairs and then five Break seconds later. Break space for us. Break that. So. The vault is literally like in a basement of this like also gentrified apartment building, <laughs> like McKibben Lofties. Like everyone has some weird like ketamine dealer who lives there. Like. <laughs> With some fucking like artist, me people in California being like, "Damn, y'all some, party at these places." Some like artist that I don't know. It used to be a coffee shop when I was visiting New York in Brooklyn. Someone, one of my friends, lived there, and at the time, um, it was a coffee shop, and I believe it, uh, the vault was actually called Tilt, um, and it had it was a street what? space, and they had um like EDM events, and actually. EDM events, like <laughs> raves, essentially. And so, <laughs> I'm so stupid. EDM uh, <laughs> so basically, the first time I went there was um, a party called Bound. They're like a collective, I think, and they they were throwing like a fetish party. Went down into the vault, 
literally that place was so fogged out i could not see anything it was so chaotic i was like get me out of here can we just talk then about the, the fact Rosemont that like going down the staircase heinous the fact that there should it should be physically illegal to have any club that has more than three steps in the building with no elevator no elevator and it's like it's the like, accessibility is garbage literally because it, it's three steps down turn to the left Okay, here's a grand-ass staircase so you can make a grand-ass fall of yourself. And it's like, I want to say 28 steps. Knees buckling. Knees buckle. Every single time I had to grandma down the stairs. (laughs) You got to turn sideways and do one step at a time, Bob. Because when you're looking good, the last thing you want to do in front of trade is fall down some stairs. Literally. So the vault uh, in the basement was kind of divided by like the bar space and then like the stage space with more stairs that leads up to the DJ booth and it's just very dark. There's mirrors around and there's like a little platform mm-hmm. on one side and then it in it's supposed head. to be like seating but it's like a little platform that we would perform wow. on and then there was like another smaller stage on the yeah. other side. Very weird. Very unhinged. Um, Arca and Bjork actually had an after party there like a day after we had a whole pics there. And I was extremely pissed because some of the girls got into the vault when that happened. And it was just like Arca and Bjork apparently just like carrying like in the vault, in the vault for Mm. I believe Arca's birthday. That's disrespectful i know well bjork has all actually like sh- kind of showed up a few times in brooklyn before like she showed up at the rosemont once and just dj'd like really randomly and she also I showed up it. um Noche told me that she showed up uh at bath salts like years <gasps> ago with macy rodman and um in the interview that i think Noche did oh, she says that somebody played bjork when bjork showed up and bjork left the somebody was macy rodman who had the party bath salts she like played she played bjork uh, i thought this was the funniest thing i ever yeah, heard honestly yeah. like i was Cackling when I when I found this out, like Dead. so funny. Imagine Bjork, like you play Bjork and Bjork is like, got to go. That <laughs> I'm so. But honestly, though, I would be Macy at the same spot where like right. if Bjork walked the fucking. I'm playing. Well, also like that was I feel like bath salts energy. Like when it, I got into drag, it was because I was watching videos uh, of Brooklyn queens. Like I was. In Florida, on YouTube, literally watching Brooklyn Nightlife single-handedly, like, explode. And I was like, this is the craziest set of performance artists, like, I have ever seen in my entire life. Like, that's deadass how I got into performing. I'm I'm glad because we're the same person. Same. (laughs) So I, I knew about bath salts. And I just knew that it was, like, the party. Like, it was at some, like, random Mexican bar somewhere here in Bushwick. And, like, it was... It was so okay. stupid. Someone told me that, um, I don't know if it was Macy or someone else, but apparently um, one of them got their wisdom teeth removed or something. And they like showed up. They still showed up because it was a weekly and they like said that they would show up every Monday. you <laughs> 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 imagine they're like fully like. The zone. She still got the gauze and everything on. Cheeks swollen. Literally like can't even drink because of the medication. No. But here. Probably is. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, at this point in the game, if you're not drinking on your medication, are you really doing drag? As my prep practitioner once said, when she <laughs> not the prep when she when she insisted that I got on Discovery after telling her about a orgy experience, um, she I was like, "Wait, can I drink on Discovery?" And she said, "You think the gays are not drinking on prep?" 
And I was like, okay, you have a point. Did I just get red? Did Literally. I just get red? Well, mama? actually, my same, this is the same practitioner who, um, literally I come into her office once and she's like, so I was listening to a podcast and I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's the and best she's way like, to start it. A drag podcast. And I'm like, okay. And she's <laughs> like, yeah. And it's so weird because one of them, one of the queens brought up a Brooklyn queen named Mother Teresa, who she referred to as a scat queen <laughs> and then looks at me and I am like, Oh, I honestly like fell out of the chair, like onto the office floor. And I was like, like, could you imagine your own fucking doctor? Like appalled. Anyways, let's just say I kept her. That was the best story I will ever get recorded ever in life. Ever. You know whose fault it is? Fucking meatballs fault. She was listening to fucking meatballs podcast which meatball. mind you meatball has my name in her mouth all the goddamn time on her podcast when any serious? public play poopy piss or anything just like really gross comes up she brings up my goddamn name That's and yet ask me if i had a slot on her podcast yet she needs to put not only her name out of your mouth but some coin in your wallet she, I feel like she does know me though. We're like, she on, does. We're we're, each, we're on each other's close friends. So Venmo request like her right now. I'm dying. I'm not gonna <laughs> Venmo request her. She deserves. But, but every, we love meatball. She deserves every right to have my name in her mouth. But we also, say it with love. But also, I'm still waiting on that um podcast. So uh, meatball, if you're listening <laughs> to this by any chance, like, hey girl, like, put me on your podcast. Meatball. Like, I have a lot to say. Okay, question then. Answer. Define Mother Teresa. <gasps> Whoa. Well, Mother Teresa is the freshman gay who literally, after me giving him uh, advice on how to bottom and prep for anal, uh, he said that I'm the Mother Teresa to the gays. Um, I feel like Mother Teresa is that bitch who really goes out of her way to uh, to book people who she knows will serve the house down, but also maybe um, an unknown name, someone who is not necessarily always booked. Um, Mother Teresa is mm. a good host. Mm. I mean, at least I like to think so. Um, and agree. Mother Teresa is that like overpriced shag rug that you purchased um, on like some boutique store online. <laughs> and like, even though you regret it, your living room still looks really good. As we sit in a living room on top of a shag rug that looks very expensive. Mother Teresa is clown makeup, but like in a fashion editorial standpoint, mm. um, with, uh, breaking gender binary and fucking the patriarchy while also, um, getting money and fucking bitches. And so meatball. When you're listening to this, Mama, you just got a resume, okay? You just got yes, a resume. Yes, and that is actually exactly word for word what's on my artist CV. Period. <laughs> Period. Okay. Two final questions for you. Well, I think you already know what the last question is I from do the know, third team. I one do one. know what the last question is. But second to last question is, as a drag artist, as a drag performer... We carry around a lot of things with us on a daily basis that are our drag personas, our lives outside of it, and a blend of it all inside of us. When you walk around every day as Mother Teresa, 
And then on top of it, out of drag, for me, what I want to ask you is, where do you draw the line between Mother Teresa and Dylan? And on top of it, is there a line at all, period? Yeah, I was actually literally just thinking (laughs) um, if there was even a line. And to be honest, I don't think that there is. I think it's like literally the same. This is the same person, to be honest. Work. Yeah, I mean, I definitely give like a casual like poker face, like in sexual settings, possibly like uh, I hate (laughs) to admit this one, but like very much like code switching, like all of a sudden, like using my like privilege of looking like a fucking bearded man and being like, what's up bro you know what i mean very much like (laughs) very much doing those especially like not just in sexual settings but like also just in like day-to-day things where i know that like Mm -hmm. unfortunately navigating as a trans femme is like not (laughs) not gonna go the way i want it to i'm just trying to get to from point a to b like will refer a straight man like as boss sometimes you know very like hey boss do you think you know what i mean like when you're like asking someone to like move or something (laughs) you're like excuse me boss like very that like hate it i hate it so much i honestly am seeking therapy um (laughs) because i'm just like code switching way too much these days and it's like really not helping with my trans identity but you know um yeah i think mother Teresa is the same honestly like i'm a queen in and out of drag period yeah. <laughs> like yeah. i still will throw shade regardless of if i'm wearing a like a sickening contour or not and um yes. uh, i'll still give a number even if i'm out of drag wow. how do you define drag um expressive mm-hmm. free um not competitive Okay. Well, I guess I okay. I have a I have a second to last question, part three. Because now, like you saying that there is no line, just it it unlocks. Because I'm very I'm very much the same way. Where yeah. I'm like, mom, it's the same thing. Right. One just asks for a booking fee when I tell a joke. I know. Like <laughs> literally, little, I'll make you cackle either way. It's just a matter of like, am I getting paid for this gig? What made you discover that there isn't a line? Um. To be honest, I think I would say it was always like that for me, but I definitely, especially when living in Florida and doing drag, it drag wasn't like as lucrative as it was until I got to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't doing drag as often until I actually like got myself going in, in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe I always knew it, but it wasn't confirmed until I was like doing a gig from, you know, 9 a.m. to 5, 6 p.m. in a Mm. photo studio and then going right home and getting into drag and just it feeling just like another job, another day, like just meeting some friends, have Mm -hmm. this like little choreo planned. It's like no big deal. Like just going to make some more money, I guess. And like make sure everyone's staying hydrated. (laughs) That Wow. A concept. What'd you say was so beautiful? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, my God. Now, you know this last question. It's my favorite question always. 
What is your favorite Mariah Carey song? Get the Fuck Out is definitely, hands down, like, a staple for me. You made me cry with it. I'm dying. Well, mainly because it's just really nice to bring that to, like, a brunch setting or, like, a Manhattan setting where you know there's going to be a lot of cisgendered gays who, like, at the end of the day, like, if you hit them up on, like, Growler, Scruff, or Grinder, like, they would ignore your ass. They would yeah. give you a view, maybe give you a tap, but at the end of the day, they would ghost you. Let's well, fucking be honest. These fucking men are trash. You send and your picture, they never send theirs back. Exactly. And there's just something so special about having the spotlight on you and walking up to a fucking faggot and being like how about you get the fuck out Mama. <laughs> it's it w- so good have you read have you read mariah's memoirs i haven't read no you need to i don't read she's illiterate mama she's illiterate <laughs> get this mama hooked on audio comments. audiobook Wait, wait, I didn't even ask or answer the actual wait, question, yes. though. What is your favorite Mariah Carey? It has got to be from her Caution album, Giving Me Life, uh, produced yes. by Dev Hines. And Ooh. I feel like I might have said this in the previous recordings, but um, when that album came out, I was in a very dark place. I had just moved to New York, and it was like maybe my first or second winter, and I was watching these dogs in Park Slope, and uh-huh. it was just fucking heinous and my back hurt so bad and i mm. what my health was deteriorating and that album like had gotten me th- together and through it it was insane like that fucking album and the only reason i started listening to it was because i heard dev hines had his little hands on it and i was like well he's a musical genius like i need to hear what he does with mariah carey's fucking voice like uh. literally that combo sounds insane so I ended up giving it a go, and I was like, okay, wait, this is iconic. The entire album is really good, but oh, Giving man. Me Life is so good specifically because mm. it's just, like, super dramatic. And the song, I feel like, is, yes. like, very, very extra long for no reason. It's, like, seven minutes <laughs> yes! long. Yes! And I love a track that's, like, over over four minutes. Just because I can. Exactly. Oh, Giving oh. Me Life. Also, I really, I love that Caution does not get enough shine. It does not. I I'm like Mariah's my diva. Like Mariah's it for me. Like you can't like oh my god. And so you picked a really amazing song in my opinion because that album of caution was one that it was it was her highest reviewed album since her debut album. Really? Mm-hmm. We're gonna wrap this episode up and then we're gonna talk about Leslie Jones. When I tell you, Mother Teresa, I'm honored to have you. You are a blessing to all and a burden to none. But a rimmer to all. Okay? Love you. Thank you so much for having me. I, um, you had me, mama. You had me. You had me. Um, please come over more often. I promise to come on brown. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> I love you, mama I Teresa. Can't. This has been the most iconic Let interview. Let me pack this bong. That's how we that's gonna be the end of it. Let's pack this bong. And the interview did in fact end with us packing the bong. <laughs> Would I tell you? Tell me that wasn't one of the best interviews ever. Mother Teresa is a character, but on top of it, a community leader. Like I'm so happy with sitting down with her and that whole conversation, I have to tell you, really, I felt the energy re-listening to it, to be real. I was sitting there and I was like, I am really shook at the fact that 
I could have been having all of these conversations with you for so much longer outside of the 18, 25 times we had to record it. (laughs) But I'm so excited to say that I have a new friend and I have on top of it someone who I'm so excited to have more of these amazing conversations with. And so that brings us to the end of this podcast episode. But first... I'm going to treat you all with another moment to obsess, okay? I'm about to give you all five things that I am shook about and so excited about. And I'm so excited about it, honestly, that I need to share it, okay? But this version is going to be song edition. I'm literally just going to open up my title app. Yes, I have title, a Black-owned business. Oh, yes, like a bad bitch. And I'm going to tell you the five songs that I have been obsessed with with recently okay because I am really like when I was saying food tastes better and I was saying that everything just is lighter music it hits different when you out of depression and so here are the five songs that I've been jamming to ever since I have come out of my depressive hole okay first up you you're gonna be surprised it's not Mariah Carey but she is on the list twice so this first song is ATM by Brie Runway. If you do not know ATM, it features Missy Elliott, and it is probably like, honestly, I want to call it right now as probably one of my favorite songs of 2021. Um, It was released in 2020 with her album, but I believe the visual was released in 2021 or I was late to the game. But either way, all you need to know is it is one of the best bops ever. Brie Runway is one of the best producers and lyricists I've ever heard. And Missy Elliott is Missy Elliott. That's all you need to know. And so please, and look at the music video, okay? Look at the music video. She is giving you black Josephine Baker realness. And on top of it, the whole song is, it's called ATM because basically (laughs) she's asking this guy to like, push my button my button again. And it's basically about hit the ATM and give me some money, basically. And I was like, This is a song for me. This is a song for me. I want some drag performer to do it in a club when we can all be back there safely and do that and make somebody go out to the ATM and get cash for them. Okay? That's what I want to see. So that's the first tune. I am obsessed with ATM. Okay. And now my second is going to be Mariah Carey, of course. It is from one of the greatest films ever created in history. It is called Glitter. Maybe you've heard of it. If you haven't, you can watch the whole thing on YouTube for free because some queer person, we can assume they're queer, uploaded the motherfucking full film HD onto YouTube. That's how I watch it every time. So educate yourself. But the song I'm referencing is Last Night a DJ Saved My Life. If you have not seen this movie, if you have not heard this specific song, you are missing out. Because most people know the original, Last Night a DJ Saved My Life. But the thing is, Mariah Carey, like, takes the whole beat, makes it sultry, sexy, and hip-hop, and you're like, bitch. But mind you, the thing about this, if you really want to gag, watch her do it live in, like, the 2000s or in the early 2000s. There is this whole performance that she does where this whole screen lifts up and you just see Mariah Carey sitting on a motorcycle singing. And you're like, 
I'm gagged right now. I'm gooped. And then she literally just comes out and does her thing. And it's so perfect. And it's amazing. And you get to see Beyonce while she's in Destiny's Child looking up at her in awe, just going off about Mimi performing. Like, it is one of the best performances, but on top of it, just an amazing song. And you will jam out. I guarantee you, you will love this song. It is phenomenal. Now, it's time for my third song, which is a tie between two Meg Thee Stallion songs, okay? I couldn't pick because I was like, it's just her lyricism for me with the beat. It's just perfect. So the two that I'm between right now, it's off her new album, are Circles and um, Go Crazy. So there's just two lines on both of the songs that I just get so amped up for when she's even about to say it. It's just like the songs are perfect and then she hits it with the line. And in Circles, she says... Um, Keep that shit playing. I don't like getting personal. Treat them like a job. When I get them, I'm working them. And I was like, that's the mood. I just, when she when she drops it in like that, it just, it hits, it hits. And then it go crazy. She has this line where she says, um, why I gotta prove myself the bitches that I'm better than like I wasn't in radio stations going Super Saiyan. And I was like, did she really just put Super Saiyan in a rap? Is this the first time I'm hearing Super Saiyan in a rap? Why is it the first time I'm hearing someone say Super Saiyan in a rap? Like, I need her to get her Grammys. I need her, Chloe X. Halle, Brie Runway. They need all of their flowers. Where are their Grammys? Now, for my fourth song, it definitely has to be Kendrick Lamar's I. It is probably not the, like, most played of all Kendrick Lamar's songs, but there is just a moment. In that song, where every single chorus and verse where Kendrick just starts yelling, I love myself, I just lose it. It reminds me of when I was in college and the album came out to Pimp a Butterfly. Like, it is everything. I love that song so much. That one in King Kunta, it's like, mm, mm. Mm, there's a there's a reason that album got a Pulitzer. That album for me really did actually shift my life. And I'm just... I'm thankful to be alive in a time where Kendrick Lamar is alive and is writing music. Cause I'm like, bitch, your pen game, that pen game. Oh, Ooh. I don't know why I was just realizing. I was like, Kendrick should sell pens. Why is no rapper selling pens and be like, get on my pen game. But anyway, let's get on to our final song before we close out this episode. My fifth and favorite, favorite, favorite song of this past week has again come from the elusive Chanteuse. Her name, Mariah Carey. The song, Giving Me Life. You heard Mother Teresa talk about it as her favorite Mariah Carey song. And I want you to go and listen to it and tell me exactly whether it's your favorite or not. Because as you listen to the album, Giving Me Life is fucking phenomenal. But I must say that when it comes to it, there is this remix of a no-no featuring this rapper, Shawnee, that is tied for me with my favorite from that album with Caution. So when you go to listen to Giving Me Life, also listen to Caution. And then as well, go on YouTube and look up Shawnee on a no-no. You spell Shawnee S-H-A-W-N-I. She literally has only ever done that one song. She has no other music out. And I'm like, how did MC find you? But 
You're going to be the judge of those songs. Thank you so much for listening. I am honored that you tuned in, that you made it this far. And I'm so thankful for you to be listening. I hope that this kind of extra long episode even makes up for that one week I took off because I just, I love you all. I'm so thankful for you all. And I will see you next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being you. Thank you for showing up as you. And thank you for taking up space. So keep taking up space until next week. Keep using your voice and keep empowering others. And I will see you again with another amazing guest who I'm not going to say it now because you're just kind of going to be gagged by who it is. And I'm so excited for you to see it. Thank you again and sending love. Mwah, mwah, mwah.